Is this thing on yet? Yes, it is on. Morning and welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I'm really glad you're here. My name is Jason Griffiths. I'm the head pastor here. I got a couple announcements for us. First of all, I'd like to say today is Groundhog Day. So happy Groundhog Day. The groundhog saw, didn't see its shadow, so spring's coming early. That's awesome. It's also Candleman's Day. I don't know what that means. It's Super Bowl Sunday. It's National Tater Tot Day. It's Hedgehog Day, because I guess of the Groundhog Day thing. And it's actually National Ukulele Day. I didn't know you could have two national holidays. But most importantly, it's, it's our Sabbath it's our day to worship the Lord, and we're going to be breaking bread together and coming to the Lord's table together. And I'd love to just quiet our hearts a little bit before we greet one another in the name of the Lord. Make sure you register yourself on one of those blue pads. Did you hear me say, I'm glad you're here? Good. I'm glad you're here. I also need to announce that right after the service, we're going to mix it up a little bit. Hang on your hats and glasses, people. We're going to move from this room to that room. And we're going to have our congregational meeting with food in front of us. Who says that's a good idea? <laughs> I, I do. It's got five fingers and a thumb. This guy. And I want to say right at the beginning that if you're not a member still join us and hear what's going on and maybe you'll get excited about joining the church but now that I've slowed us all down let's speed back up and greet one another in the name of the Lord if everybody could stand up and face this direction Last Sunday, we ended with a challenge to be covered in the dust of our rabbi, Jesus the Christ. And we're going into Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, with that intention. But there's a lot of head knowledge, so I'm going to use even our call to worship to teach us a couple terms. One of them is, if you were here back in the fall when I, when I preached a sermon called The Gospel According to, to Jesus... You got a heads up on it because our rabbi, Jesus the Christ, he preached about the kingdom of God more than anything else. And in fact, listen to this the word in Greek for gospel is euangelio. Say that. Euangelio. And it's good news. It's news that's so good it's contagious. You want to tell somebody about it. You've seen something amazing. What's the gospel according to Jesus? This is the gospel according to Jesus, and this is our call to worship. Now, after John was arrested, this is Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the euangelio of God, the gospel, the good news of God. What is it? And saying, the time has come. And the kingdom of God is here. The good news is the kingdom of God is here. 
Repent and believe the good news. Let's worship our King, Jesus the Christ. and send the students and children forward. What's the best news you've heard lately? Best news, best news you've heard. No, not church. Pretend like everybody said Jesus. You remember that said? You remember that old joke? They say like... Do you remember that joke? You don't remember the joke? There was a joke. Like, they're up in a children's message and they ask the children, what's brown climbs trees and loves to eat acorns. And he puts it on the child and he says, well, I think the answer is squirrel, but since I'm in church, I'm going to say Jesus. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what's the, best, what's the best, best news you've heard lately? Nobody's even heard. Jesus, okay. Have you heard any good news lately, ever? Ever in your life? Happy, happy news. School, no. School is not it. Elsie. When I heard my dad got a job. That's kind of nice. That's me. That's my daughter right there. Go fight win. Okay, just put that. Anybody got any good news? Both, both my brother-in-law's got engaged this week. 
Both his brother-in-law has got engaged this week. What about you guys? Have you heard any good news lately? Jesus is coming. That's, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Aren't you from Nebraska, though? Well, that's what my sermon's about. And when I talk about the good news according to Jesus, his good news was the kingdom of God is here. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a part of a kingdom? Royalty, Maria, that's good. Any kids? You ever been, we're, we're Americans, so we don't really know much about kingdoms. Is that right? But do you, do you know that there's different kingdoms people like are in? What are some kingdoms? I'll give you, I, I'm giving you a pop quiz, and you guys are failing horribly. <laughs> I'll tell you that a kingdom isn't a place. It's a realm. And you can be a member of a kingdom no matter where you are. You enter a kingdom by making someone or something your king. Are you sports fans? Anybody sports fans? You're a Lakers fan, correct? He's, he's, he's in, this, he's in the, the kingdom of the Lakers. Because when the Lakers play, he roots for the Lakers. Are any of you, what, what else do you do? Is there, I'm trying to think of something. Not, you don't, nobody likes sports. Okay, this is terrible. Uh, what do you guys like? Baseball. Baseball, right on. What, what's your favorite team? You got different favorite teams? Angels. Angels? Oh, you got the, both the same team, Angels. Do we have any Angels Kingdom fans? I'm an Angels fan. I'm an Angels fan. It doesn't matter if you're here. It doesn't matter if you're in Colorado. It doesn't matter if you go over to Europe and you're in England somewhere. You like the angels. And so when, when Jesus says the good news is that the kingdom of God is here, that means we can have entered into us heaven. We make Jesus our king and we can start playing by the rules that we're going to live by for all of eternity in heaven. Is that good news? That's really good news for me. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for loving us. I thank you for sending us your son, who is not only our savior, but our king. I pray that you would push out all other kings of our lives so that you would be on the throne of our lives. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. My 
The grace of God overflows to each one of us through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came into this world to save us. With that in mind, let us confess 
confess our sin against God and one another together. Merciful God, in your gracious presence we confess our sin and the sin of this world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a people divided against ourselves as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. The fears and jealousies that we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom, of intellect and reason, and have turned them into bonds of oppression. Lord, have mercy upon us. Heal and forgive us. Set us free to serve you in the world as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. Amen. The mercy of our Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to each one of you, in the name of Christ Jesus, you are forgiven. May the God of mercy who forgives all sins strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep you in eternal life. Amen.
Amen. Maybe may it be so. Um, like I've been saying since call to worship and the children's message, this message is about the kingdom of God. Um, I, I, we got to talk about a couple things and then we'll get to the text of the Beatitudes. But one of them we definitely nailed in, right? The kingdom of God. Does everybody understand that Jesus, the gospel according to Jesus was the kingdom of God is here. Jesus preached about the kingdom of God more than anything else. He talked about it all the time. And I'm so grateful to a guy named Bart Terman, a guy named Dallas Willard, and a guy named Todd Bolsinger. Because I wasn't, I, I wasn't aware. I grew up in the church, and I never heard that the gospel according to Jesus was living as Jesus as your king and heaven getting into you. Because the gospel according to Paul is Jesus himself, right? Everybody awake still? I'm way waked up. I'm amped. Like You might be able to tell. We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters that are sick. I just noticed that there's a lot of people around here. So let's, let's lay low on the hugging and do a lot of fist bumping this morning, okay? I'm not kidding. There were a couple, well, I'll just say wiser congregants who said, there's too much hugging going on here. But... To be safe, a lot of fist bumps this morning, okay? We're talking about the kingdom. We're coming into Matthew. We're, gonna, we're studying the Beatitudes in the, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount this morning. And it's on the heels of being called by God through the end of John chapter 1 to follow Jesus. It's that simple. Follow Jesus. And then we respond with a how. The first thing is, know the words of Jesus. How many of you didn't know that the gospel according to Jesus was that the kingdom of God is here till right now? Don't be embarrassed. It, was, I was a, it took a long time for me to hear that. And you have to understand that as we start the study of the Sermon on the Mount, because the Sermon on the Mount is his Independence Day, like it's everything. It's his it's, it's speech about how and what the kingdom of God looks like. How do we enter it? How do we live in it? How do we become followers of Jesus so much so that we, we are covered in the dust of our rabbi? Another term I need to define is here, well, it's a saying, it's not really a term, I guess. Here, but not yet. Here, but not yet. And that was taught to me by the same people, Dallas Willard and all those folk. But it was also, there's a guy named George Ladd that wrote a book, The Gospel of the Kingdom, and it was, it's transformative. Because as the Jewish people, they were waiting for the Messiah and the kingdom of God was going to come in, the tables were going to be turned, and the people of God were going to be put on top of everybody. And he was going to be a Davidic king, and he was going to roll in and kick some serious tail. <laughs> he was going to, justice was going to reign. And heaven, they, they thought that heaven would begin right when the Messiah showed up. 
And they would follow the Messiah as the Messiah took out all their enemies. Jesus says, my kingdom's different than what you're thinking. It's not only for the people of God, the Jews, it's for everybody. And I'm going to bring the kingdom. And he says, the kingdom is here right now. But still, we're going to wait for as many people as I want or get to enter the triumphant kingdom. I see a lot of glazed looks. We're getting to the Bible. But does everybody hear but not yet? Do everybody understand that? It's here in that if we make Jesus the king of our lives, we can live as though we're going to be living for all of eternity, which we are. But we're still stuck in this dreary world. It's not yet. I have a really good friend. His name's Ron Brown. He says, the only reason the sun rose this morning is because someone else needs to know that Jesus is king. That's the no, not yet stuff. Okay, let's get to the Bible. Finally, by attitudes. Here we go. Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. He went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak. And he talk, taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek. Oh, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who persecute for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and under all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. The hear part. Um, there was, there was a, I was really confused the first time I started looking at the Beatitudes. Because this isn't attainable. And this isn't what it's like. This isn't like the world that I see. It doesn't look like this. First, back up a little bit. Why is it called Beatitudes? It's the Latin. Always the Latins. Just kidding. <laughs> Borrowed from Beatitudo. Beauty, uh, beautis, happy, fortunate, blessed. It comes from that blessed be. That's, they're called the Beatitudes because Jesus kicks off the sermon on how to live in the kingdom and he, and he kicks it off with a picture of what happiness looks like, what blessedness looks like. And as you, you hear it for the first time, you're like, man, that isn't what this world is selling but it sounds and feels true. And it connects. 
even the Beatitudes have that same characteristic of the kingdom of God as being here but not yet. Time them. <laughs> Just messing. <laughs> Anybody heard of a guy named Aquinas? He wrote this book called Summa Theologica, and this is how he wrote it. He actually sat down and he had four writers. He had four scribes because he could think faster than people could write. And he'd say, you, I'm going to talk about sin. What is sin? And he would just start defining sin. You, I'm going to start talking to about church. I'm going to start talking to you about church. You write down everything I say. Church, is it sinners, saints? Go. And he, started, and he did that four volumes. Four volumes. And he did them simultaneously. And if you've ever seen them, they're huge. They're like the, he's written a lot of pages. He's this brilliant dude. Listen to this quote about how the Beatitudes, listen to this. When a man begins to make progress in the acts of the virtues and gifts, it is hoped that he will arrive at perfection, both as a wayfarer and as a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. Jesus starts off with this picture of happiness. And I think it's a challenge. It's here. Our church has gotten too, like the church, capital C, has gotten too showy, too wordy, and not holy. They haven't lived by this. We walk into this room, these are, the, these are the ground rules, ladies and gentlemen. You know who the hero in here is? The meekest. Those who hunger and seek righteousness, they're going to see God. I don't think we've tried out and put our engine to the test and seen how holy we can get as a people. We've impressed each other with words and all kinds of stuff. When's the last time you woke up and I said, and asked God, God, make me meek today. Humble me. I was reading Chet, you know Chet Baker? He's a drummer for Cream. You ever heard of the band Cream? First, first super group. Eric Clapton, Jack Bruce, Chet, Chet Baker. Chuck Baker, pretty much definitive rock and roll drummer. He, like, he, he started the whole rock and roll drumming thing. His son, in this, he just died this past year, and his son was writing in this article. When I was 15, I said, what about spinning sticks? Because his son's a drummer. You, know, you, you can probably spin sticks, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. It was a pop quiz. You, you, you passed, A+. Plus. He said, I see you spinning sticks. I'll brain you. I don't know what that means. I think it's British. But I think it means punch you in the brain or something. <laughs> Put your energy into your playing, not how you look. My dad always said that the showmanship is in the music. Our sh- we need to stop spinning sticks as a church. And start being holy. Start playing this. Start doing this. You enter in this room, actively put in your, like, your imagination cap. 
Remember your imagination camp when you're in? Did anybody else do that with preschool teachers and stuff like that? Any preschool teachers or school, like young kids? Put your imagination caps on, ladies and gentlemen. Put your imagination caps, boys and girls. Let's pretend like Jesus is our king in this space, in our lives. How would, how would you act? I tell you, I would act way different than how I usually act. That's just a confession of a broken pastor, a broken human being like you and I. If you want like reading material about how you start doing this, read Imitation of Christ by Kempis. It's basically a commentary on the Beatitudes. Read The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That's a, pretty much a commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. Read The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, headed philosophy at USC, recently deceased. Get serious about following this king of ours because we can live in the kingdom eternal triumphant now. But it's also not yet. And that's a big piece of it. Listen to Calvin on the same thing. This, this doctrine, I do acknowledge, is widely removed from the common opinion. But the disciples of Christ, the students of, of Christ, the, the people that are following Christ so close that they're covered in the dust of, of Christ must learn the philosophy of placing their happiness beyond this world and above the affections of the flesh. We dropped our eyes as a church. Aquinas says, we're not living holy enough. Calvin says, we've dropped our eyes and we're settling. We're settling for what is less than what our king thinks is good and blessed. There's a holy discontent that's a part of being covered in the dust of Jesus Christ. There's a, I can't wait. Remember a couple of Sundays ago, um, Hector preached and I said, I can't wait till we're in heaven we can, we don't need translators and we can all understand one another. Isn't that going to be amazing? The great theologian, the boss, Bruce Springsteen, wrote a song called The Ghost of Tom Joad. And in, this, in that song, it has this lyric. There's a man waiting for the day when the last shall be first and the first shall be last, living in a cardboard box underneath the freeway underpass. There's a holy discontent. We're to be longing for that day when our king comes in and there's no helicopter crashes. They take out Kobe and the, and the, and the baseball coach's daughters and them. Cancer. We've dropped our eyes so... We just want earthly things and we want 
things that rust and destroy. He comes to that later in the Sermon on the Mount. He kicks off of the Sermon on the Mount and he says, you know what? You know what real happiness is? It's not owning the new Tesla. It's not having your kids graduate from Ivy League schools. It's not winning. It's being meek. It's seeking righteousness. It's being broken and crying with people that are hurting. Do you know what real happiness looks like? It looks like a people that have no business being together in in this room. Other than we serve the same king. Look at all the different stories. Look to your right and to look to your left. There's some weird people in here, and I'm one of them. But there's amazing, there's just amazing wisdom. There's amazing wisdom, there's amazing life experience. This is happiness. This. How do I apply? How do we apply this? Pick out a favorite. Turn to your right and turn to your left. Which one's your favorite of the left? Look at Matthew 1 through 12 and talk to the person to your right or to your left. Which one's your favorite of the Beatitudes? Does it, can you put it up here maybe? Some people, you know, there's, script, there's, there's Bibles in this room. The last will be first. I'll read it again. How about them apples? Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I think that one's my favorite. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he ends it, and I think he throws us all in there. And he says, blessed are you. And it's second person plural, it's y'all. He was a Texan, like me. Blessed are y'all when people receive you or y'all and persecute y'all and utter all kinds of evil things against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Pick out a favorite. Get to know the words of your rabbi. Read ahead on the Sermon on the Mount. Read Matthew 5 through 7 a couple times over the next couple of weeks. Let's place heaven and let's see how much like the rabbi we can get. How much, how much like we, the rabbi we can get. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. I praise you. I praise you for giving us 
such easy access to you, O King Jesus. I pray that you would, by your spirit, transform us, continue to transform us from the inside out. And please don't tarry long. Please come and save us. And all God's people said. Now it's part of the service where we give back to God a portion of what he's given to us. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. This plays right into what I was just preaching about. This is both for the here and the not yet. 
It's for the here and that. A lot of us need a Savior. Not for just our eternal destination. But from what, what we're going through right now. We come to this table and we remember that a God of the Holy, the God of the Holy Scriptures made himself small so that he might meet, meet each of us right where we're at. It's also a sign, an outward sign and a seal that we belong to a kingdom that's not this place. We belong to a kingdom where the rules are happiness and wholeness belong to the meek and the hungry for righteous and the broken. And it points to that day, that day, Sunday, hopefully soon, where we'll be all seated around the table and Jesus will do this for the one and last time. Well, we'll probably do it a bunch because we're going to be there for eternity, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that you would once again refresh and renew us through this table, through one another, and ultimately through your spirit. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his 12 disciples and he picked up the bread, which had been the Passover bread and the unleavened stuff, which had symbolized getting out of Egypt so fast that they couldn't wait for the bread to rise. But he said, no, no, I'm making a new covenant with my people. And my people are all people. This is not a Presbyterian table. This is a Jesus table. And the only requirement is that you need. And he lifted up that bread and he said, this is no longer that Passover bread. This is a new covenant. This is my body. Broken. For you and I. Communion service, please come forward.
Jesus had said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me and love me, I will come in. In the same way that night, Jesus took the cup. And he said, This is the cup of the new covenant shed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Every time you drink this cup, do it in remembrance of me. When you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again in glory. Take, eat, taste, and know that the Lord is
happy are those whose refuge is in the Lord. Amen. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Hopefully you heard loud and clear. I'm grateful you're here. And hopefully... Jesus met you in a special way today. Um, I was thinking as a, a Sharon is such a good tether to my spunky craziness, <laughs> right? right. Amen. Amen. You, have you noticed? I I picture this as a race. I'm always back there, and Sharon's still you know meeting people and loving people, and I'm just like, okay. It reminds me of when I was. The first time I did liturgy over at St. Andrews, I was a high school. I was working with the high schoolers, an intern or whatever, and they had me doing a prayer or confession or something like that. And at the end, John Huffman does his benediction, and right as he says "Amen," I I hear like a gun go off because I run. I'm, I run in front of him, <laughs> and I beat him out of the church. You know, anybody know John Huffman? He's kind of a big deal, and he comes over to me afterwards. And he goes, Jason. Don't do that again. <laughs> uh, just to remind the next week, Sharon's going to be preaching. So if you, if, I don't know, if you're like me, I've been excited to hear her preach. And I love the way that God teaches through her. So to make sure you're here next week. And then right after we, we sing the Lord's Prayer, usher yourselves in for the congregational meeting. I don't want to lose anybody in here. I need you all for a quorum. And then get some food, sit at a table, and then I'll take off this black tent thing, and I'll lead us in a, a word of prayer, and we'll go in this congregational meeting. Let's stand for this, this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Was it me? <laughs> Our Father.